Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to announce that we're going to be back in Vegas with our Coaching You Live VIP experience August 7th and 8th, 2021. And I'm telling you, it's been a year since we've been there. My goodness, we missed it. And to all of our incredible followers that have been with us now, 13 years of our events, uh, we're anxious all to get back. We have lined up some of the best head coaches and coaches in the NBA to speak. I think you're going to love it. Uh, Remember, there's only 100 seats. We turned this into a VIP event, so everyone is front row with a table, food, drink. Everything is provided for you. It's going to be an incredible event. We are so anxious and hungry to get back. I think you're going to love it. You don't want to miss a special early bird discount price. $329, but you must sign up by July 4th. Otherwise, the price goes up drastically. So $329 by July 4th. Sign up now. Go to coachingyoulive.com slash 2021 to register. coachingyoulive.com forward slash 2021 to register. We'll see you there. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. And I'm telling you, today you're going to hear one of the best college basketball coaches in the world. Chris Beard, the new coach at the University of Texas. Someone I've wanted on our podcast for years. We just could never get it done at the right time. Thought we had it early in the spring, right after his season. And he said, let's just wait a while. Now I know why. We're at the University of Texas talking to him this morning. It is off the charts, this conversation. After this quick timeout, Chris Beard, University of Texas. Hi, this is Brendan Sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game, training, and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades? 360 Hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless, from elementary and middle school recess to physical education class that can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.play360hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. 
Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that into Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan, sir. And my guest today is Chris Beard, the new head coach at the University of Texas. Chris, welcome, my friend. Glad to be on, Coach. Hey, it's been a couple of years we've been trying to get this done, and uh, I am so, so glad uh, that when we did this, uh, you know, you are in the midst of recruiting. Here we are in the middle of June, my friend. Yeah, it's a crazy time, uh, not only the job transition, um, but also coming out of the NCA kind of changes in rules with the COVID. Yep. Um, we're kind of getting back to normalcy. So in a normal summer where we could only go out and recruit in July, they're letting us recruit some this month in June, as you know, Coach. So it's, uh, it's a crazy summer, to say the least. I know. Let me ask you this. And then we'll go. I want to go all basketball with you today and change up a normal podcast. I would do, but I want to. I'm really curious about this incredibly successful program in Texas Tech. When you move to a new position, give me the things that uh, when a coach goes to a new job, what are the things that are priorities of what you have to take care of? Yeah, that's a good question. I, um, you know, I've done this a few times and I think, um, Definitely, there's probably different philosophies. You know, you hear a lot about the first 24 hours, first 48 hours. But um, one thing that I've always believed in is, you know, it's about the players first. Um, and it's about the players, you know, at the place you're going. So certainly when we got to Austin, it was trying to connect with these players that had played for Shaka in the past and, and really trying to just get a relationship. Uh, the objective isn't always to try to keep every kid to stay. It's, it's more to try to make sure that every player – makes the decision that's best for them while you're doing that there's obviously the urgency to to get busy recruiting um and then what i've always thought is you know the staff is one of the most important things um i know here at this particular move from tech to here to texas i'm really proud of the coaching staff we put together and we did it quickly dream team i'll tell you what the, the staff you put together is as good as any i've ever seen in college basketball incredible people teachers recruiters the whole deal man he covered it all yeah i appreciate that coach we uh really kind of considered our first victory um you know and i think a lot of times in recruiting that's where all the publicity and the the media and and deservingly so these players are so talented it's always cool to see um where players end up playing their college careers but I would argue that the staff we put together you know will will end up being maybe some of our best victories early um, for me, it's always been kind of like putting together a team. You know, the objective isn't to get the most talented guys you can. It's it's to, pe- to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, you know, talent alone doesn't win the game. Uh, a team wins the game in our sport. And I've always thought the same thing about staff. So 
with our staff, obviously each guy comes in with a lot of experience, proven track records, a lot of success, um, a lot of win, a lot of wins on this staff. But I think the thing I'm most proud of is that we all fit together. There's no egos. Um, we enjoy working together each day. Certainly when you talk about two guys, Chris Ogden and Rodney Terry, leaving Division One head jobs to come back to Texas and help us build this, uh, we're all on the same page. We, we're big dreamers, and uh, we believe that together and with some really good players, um, you know, we can be really more than relative. Because uh, I think it's so important. Would you talk about the remaining guys that you hired? Absolutely. Uh, so I already mentioned RT and Augie. Um, two guys that, you know, have been at Texas before under Coach Barnes. Yep. So that was something I was really looking um, to, to have some people on our staff that understood Texas. Uh, this place is special. The expectations are, are real. Um, and so you want guys that understand what they're getting into. Then obviously, you know, the respect we have for Jarrett's being in the league, Kansas for eight years with Coach Self, um, to have a chance to get somebody of Jarrett's quality, uh, not only as a recruiter where he gets a lot of his uh, – uh, reputation and praise which he deserves you know i would argue he's a very very good floor coach too he's a relationship guy i believe he'll be a future head coach um blessed to bring yurik with us from texas tech i had a chance to work with yurik for two years in lubbock two ncaa tournament teams uh two trips to the nba you know draft um you know yurik is special he's been a winner his whole career and uh, especially here in the state of texas his home state um, Bob Donawal did a great job for us as an assistant coach last year at Texas Tech. He comes in a special uh, kind of advisor's role. It's really important to us to always have an NBA presence on our staffs. Um, you know, we, we try to coach the game in an NBA fashion. We try to turn our players into NBA players. So with Bob's experience in professional basketball, specifically the NBA, that was a great fit for us. And then some of our other support staff guys, uh, Brock, our video guy, Casey Ops. These are guys that we have a lot of confidence in because we've won a lot of games with those guys. John Riley, our strength coach, who I believe is the best in basketball, um, kind of our culture defender, so much more than a weight room guy, really um, a guy that as, is as important to us as anybody coaching winning. And then we were really fortunate in this move. We inherited some real talent. Um, Warren, our trainer, came really highly recommended from Coach Larry Brown, um, has some NBA experience. And so – um, this transition has been good, and I would put the staff that we put together, you know, on the top of the list. Um, why we feel good about year one? I, I couldn't agree more. You know, when uh, when you come in now, obviously recruiting, getting talent is is most important, you know, for anything. But to establish that culture right now, as you're bringing the kids in for summer school and stuff like that, and you're allowed to get on the floor with them, what during the summer? do you try to instill in the players during this eight-week session? Yeah, above all, we tried to um, form relationships. You know, I, I, that's, in my opinion, how you win. Um, players are looking for a coach that they can trust. Um, coaches are looking for the exact same thing, you know, mm-hmm. players that we can trust. Relationships take time. I, I respectfully disagree with the person that says, you know, relationships just happen naturally and, <laughs> the more time, the more time you spend with somebody, the better. I've never really bought into that. You know, I think you got to work at relationships. So, and ultimately, that's the thing you fight most year one. Um, you know, time. We're competing against teams that have been together longer than we have. Um, I don't think talent will dictate the ceiling of this year's Texas team, uh, but I think in a lot of ways, relationships, chemistry, 
Um, these kinds of things are, are, in my opinion, how you win year one. We've done it at a high, high level, especially at Little Rock, you know, in our first year having a championship season, um, best season in the history of that conference. Uh, we came close our first year at Texas Tech, and we, and we broke through that wall year two. Um, but to me, relationships is the key of the game, and that's what we're trying to get done this summer. Secondary to that, basketball, you know, we're just trying to establish an identity. And for us, it starts on the defensive end of the floor. Um, we spend a lot of time just talking about defense, teaching defense, just the idea. To me, more important, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to end up being a gap team or a deny team. Uh, those things will happen over time. But to me, what's more important is the foundation. And simply stated, we're going to guard. You know, you don't come play for us at Texas if you don't want to guard. And then on the other end of the floor, we're just really looking to use our talent, you know, get guys to play unselfish basketball where the ball moves, it doesn't stick. Each player gets the ball in their spots, and we just really kind of learn to play as a team. Um, but I think those three things, uh, relationships, a defensive identity, and an unselfish offensive identity, along with the academic component that we got to get done this summer, guys taking and passing good classes, that's kind of what our goal is. You know, I, I, what an incredible concept uh, that you have. And I, and I love the way, the sequence, the way you do it. Uh, on, on the basketball and uh, Bob Donald, uh, ironically, to tell you, when that young man was uh, just coming out of college, he was my intern with the New Jersey Nets with Chuck Daly and myself. I love him, loved his dad, you know. So you got a superstar there. But, you know, one of the things I think that when it really impressed me when I was at LSU and we got to play against you at uh, Tech was I, ju I just, I, I had not seen someone that really, you know, was using NBA sets and then went into motion. It was, I, I, to me, it was a, one of the best things I've seen in college basketball in years. How did you evolve into that after working for Coach Knight, who is an all-motion kind of guy? Yeah, it's just a combination, Coach. I've been really, really blessed in my career. Wouldn't trade my path for any other. Sure. Um, have just come up through small college and junior college, Division two. Had two different professional experiences. One in Switzerland with uh, the Swiss national team in Eurobasket. The other in the ABA when I was between college jobs one year. Um, so just a combination of everything and all the great coaches that I've worked for. Um, you know, always, always go back to uh, when I played the game too. I you know everybody likes to play on an unselfish team where the ball pops and mm -hmm. everybody finds value in their roles. Um, so we always try to attack the game in that way. Then I had the, really the break of my life, you know, hooking up with Pat and coach Knight and working with coach for eight years. Pat and I finished it up a couple years later, but, you know, just learning firsthand, um, you know, motion offense and, and I just always thought, you know, if we could compare these things, uh, if we if we could combine them. And then with my professional experience, just, uh, you know, pick and roll basketball. Um, so the idea is to basically, you know, the way we describe it, it's NBA basketball. We, sure. we value the pick and roll and spacing. We value an off-the-ball movement. Um, we study Steph Curry a lot off the ball. We study Chris Paul with the ball. And <laughs> certainly, you know, late shot clock, we have a plan. Whether we have a player as talented as a Keenan Evans, we'll ISO late. Um, if we have a player as good as, um, you know, Tariq Owens in the post, we'll drop it in there a little bit. And so, you know, that that's the plan is to combine all these different kinds of offensive ideas and let the guys play with freedom. You know, uh, when I was, uh, I guess, the first camp I ever went to when I went to one of the original campers at Five Star, Coach Knight was our 
our head coach at the camp. Imagine that. It was at Army, West Point. And I, I just, I, and I was a young kid in North Jersey and growing up, and I just said, my God, this is, this is, an, and my high school coach is U.B. Brown. So U.B. Brown and Bob Knight, it's like, can you get any better? Talk about Coach Knight from a defensive end and how that has applied to you, you know, with your doing, because there was no one better. No doubt about it. I think we all end up having identities, you know, in the game or in life, and you're associated with things. Like, and I think obviously with Coach Knight, um, basically in my mind, the inventor of what I say motion offense is. Sure. Um, I think what gets lost a little is is how good he was defensively. Um, and obviously that was kind of the identity before, you know, the motion offense yeah. kind of took off. Um, just the ability, um, you know, some of the things I learned from Coach Knight, it wasn't necessarily about the the tactics of, you know, jumping to the ball or front in the post. To me, it was more of a just a commitment to defend. You know, you, you coach your best player on the defensive end harder than anybody. Um, you, you, you play the game, not the scoreboard. Um, you adjust, you know, like uh, when people think of coach, you think of discipline and you think of kind of maybe an unbending um, backbone. But actually, I thought in my time a coach, he adjusted more than anybody. I mean, really? to, to me, to me, he tried to win the game. So we, you know, in our man-to-man defense, you know, if, if this guy can't shoot, we're not pressuring him. Um, if this guy can't dribble, we're over-pressuring him. So there's a lot of individualized parts. When I, the first time I met Coach Knight, I just had a preconceived motion that we were going to be in shell drill for 30 minutes a day. But it really <laughs> wasn't like that. To me, it was the ultimate um, idea of this preparation and going to win the game. You know, some nights we would play this way. Some nights we would play other. The non-negotiables was the commitment to defend, the commitment to rebound, the commitment to, you know, play the right way. But sorts of adjustments going on and that's probably one of uh you know if i had to put things that i learned from coach knight and pat in a listing i would i would think that our idea of preparation and scouting and how we play different people different to win the game uh we're still in, we're still doing those things today here at texas yeah I, i've known pat uh, when i was coaching the cba for a couple of years pat was also and uh you know and i have a great fondness for him but I think, you know, having coached Isaiah Thomas, the stories that he would love to go about when he was a freshman, you know, for Coach Knight and and are priceless. And I'm sure Pat and Coach Knight had some great stories about Isaiah. <laughs> but, you know, but, the, you know, he, you know, it's it, as hard and tough as he was on players. The love is incredible, right, back. So the demandingness of a coach is really a blessing, right? I think in some ways, Coach, to me, that's the definition of uh, love is hard coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, telling telling your player the truth every single day, having the courage to coach your best players, um, mm-hmm. understanding what the goal is and not compromising. And, you know, especially in today's world where you've got a million reasons to compromise. You know, each player's got a, a, cir- a circle of people and everybody's kind of pulling the guys different angles, different ways. And, um, of course, social media and <laughs> uh, just everything that goes into everything. So to me, it gets back to this thing that you and I have already discussed, relationships. Uh, you know, to me, hard coaching is love. And, you know, it's, it's the old deal we've all heard as players and coaches. You know, you ask your team, hey, you know, think back of your favorite teacher, your favorite coach in, yeah. in high school. Um, and then almost nine out of ten times, then you say, well, 
what's your what was the toughest teacher, the toughest coach you had, and nine out of ten times it's the same person. How about um, that? Yeah, and I and I, I just really believe that. I think um, you know we're not easy to play for. I'm not easy to play for. I understand that, um, but I wouldn't trade the relationship I have with players, especially after their college careers are over. I think when you when you look back, you say, did those guys give me everything they had every day? Um, and, and the answer is yes. Yeah. You know, uh, one of uh, your peers down in uh, San Antonio, Popovich, I think, uh, you know, has a great saying, I'm going to be demanding but not demeaning. I think that's a great term for for coaches that aren't sure how to balance that. I think that's a that's a great term. Also, our friend John Gordon, the author, has a thing. He calls it love tough. If you love your player, you can be as tough as you want on them. It's kind of like your children, right? Uh, but uh, let's take a quick time out, and then we're going to be back with Chris Beard. Hey, we're back in Vegas, coaching you live, VIP experience, August 7th and 8th. I know you're anxious to get back and learn basketball. We missed it so much last year. Some of the best NBA head coaches and assistants will be our faculty, as always. Early bird pricing. By July 4, if you register, $329, a $70 discount over our regular pricing. Make sure you go to coachingyoulive.com slash 2021 to register. Again, coachingyoulive.com slash 2021 to register. August 7th and 8th in Vegas, I look forward to seeing you there. Prepare like the pros with the new FastDraw. FastDraw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With FastDraw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content and resources through their blog and play bank which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next FastModel purchase. Back with Chris Beard, University of Texas, uh, he is full speed. This is the first fast break you've run in a couple of months. I know you are going 90 miles an hour. Um, as you're putting together your plan, I know at at Tech, you know, you, you played a certain way. Uh, and I know you have an NBA style. Uh, explain, if you would, you know, and I keep going back to when I played against you at LSU. And, you know, you had this incredible way of... You know, you're running a horns offense, and then, you know, when you you run it, you roll, you replace, and then you swing the ball, then we go into motion offense. What are some rules that you do? Because I knew all of Knight's rules. I went to every clinic he ever did, you know. How do, how do you teach that for the younger coaches that we have that are listening around, the high school and, you know, young college coaches? How do you teach motion? You know, to us, Coach, it all starts with just the idea that we're going to read the defense. Um, mm -hmm. You know, on the defensive end, we're all guarding the ball. And the ball is what scores. The ball is what we're guarding. We're not guarding people. We're guarding that ball. On the other end of the floor, just trying to get the players to understand. And sometimes it takes longer uh, time. Sometimes guys pick it up. But 
it's really what we're trying to get done right now as we speak in Austin is the idea that on offensive basketball, you know, we're playing the man. Um, the ball's going to get to you. You know, we're going to have some guys that can deliver the ball and put it where it needs to be. But um, with that being said, you know, the idea of like players making plays is more important to me than us running plays. Um, right. I'm not a guy that's going to stand up and run the red play or the blue play when the, when the game's on the line. I'm a guy that's going to try to find, <laughs> you know, Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey and get them the ball. And so, um, you know, if we're, if we're in something like Corns, uh, I can't, explain the players exactly what we're looking for you know we, we might pop out and get a flare screen we might work the ball screen we're just really really going to read the defense obviously our, our our better players our most experienced players our best players are going to have you know larger roles some guys you know are going to be pinned in on exactly what we needed done everybody's role can expand over time and through individual work but it's just really the idea that we're reading the defense uh, we're not we don't have any um, premeditated, you know, idea of what each possession is supposed to look like. Now that 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 that's absolutely fascinating. Now you're in the you've been in the Big Twelve Big Twelve Conference, uh, maybe the toughest conference that we have. Uh, I think we have what six or seven of the, you guys are, have made it to the Final Four now. Is that is that right? As yeah, coach? we got all that stuff in recruiting, coach. It's uh, <laughs> it's really. It's really cool to think about and yeah. send out to the recruits, but then at night, it's what keeps me <laughs> up. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, in my opinion, and I no disrespect to the other leagues, I haven't coached in many sure. of those leagues, but you, you know, night in, night out, you're going to be playing against a really, really good, well coached, disciplined team. Obviously, we have Hall of Fame coaches in this league, so to me, it kind of starts with the coaching. Yeah, um, and then every team's going to have NBA players. Every team's going to have, you know, your experience, you know, four or five year college players. So um, just a battle. And then, of course, the kind of the uh, traditional way that, you know, we all grew up with college basketball where, you know, everybody gets to play everybody twice. You yeah, know, that's great. We're not broken up in all these divisions where you can't tell who's in the league. You know, it's we play each other every year, home and home. You know, we go to Lawrence, Kansas comes here. We go to Stillwater. Mike and those guys come here. So it's um, it's a gauntlet. Um, and I would argue that the coaching um, and just the overall talent is what makes it, you know, one of, if not the best league in college basketball. I, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, there is, you know, they say, well, you know, you have an easy game in the NBA. You got Sacramento or you got some. There are no easy games in the NBA. There are no easy games in the Big 12. I don't care if it, you look at K-State or Iowa State last year. You know, a year ago, Iowa State had maybe the second or third best player in the NBA this year in Halbert. You know, I mean, just amazing the talent that's coming out of that league. When you are now in a recruiting phase, uh, you know, what are the – because you have great teams, because you have great coaches, the competition to get the greatest players in America – onto one of your 12 campuses is enormous. In the NBA, we just, you know, on the 29th of June, we just draft. It would be nice, but you guys are all competing for the same incredible talent and kids. How how hard is that? You know, there's challenges and everything, but I think anything great, you know, not just basketball, think about life, anything great, anything special, anything elite, you know, is challenging. You know, like, um, they don't just hand out championships, you know, to the first guy who shows up. Like you gotta, you gotta work for it. And um, I've always enjoyed the recruiting piece because uh, to me, it's it's the relationship part of the business. You know, I, I enjoy talking to to players and their families from different parts of the country, the world. Um, 
I just enjoy the, um, you know, the idea of meeting people. I, I'm not the guy that walks in the restaurant and walks straight to my table with my head down. You know, I kind of take a peek up, you know, say hello to this person, uh, swing by the bar and say hello to that guy. So mm-hmm. I, I just enjoy people. And to me, recruiting is, is uh, it's awesome. I don't know any other profession where you get to meet all the fascinating people. I enjoy all the coaches on the summer circuit and high school coaches so to me it just starts like i've never been one of those coaches that doesn't like the recruiting there's parts of it um that obviously i, I don't enjoy but the, the whole idea of meeting and spending time with quality people that all love this game that you and i both love coach it's special yeah. um then it gets into the salesmanship and um to me it's always been kind of a three-pronged deal right and, and obviously um basketball uh especially at the big 12 level and these guys recruiting guys that are you know hoping to get to the nba these are basketball decisions so we spend a lot of time with the with the basketball and everybody plays the game different and i think it's trying to find the guys that fit us and the guys that we fit and um you know our ability proven track record of playing young guys and we've been blessed coach i think it's five straight years in the nba draft and we're doing it with young guys so we're committed to that but we've also shown the real value of what we're doing with transfers and older guys so I think we can we can attract a lot of different players because we have a proven track record of what we've gotten done. That's one thing to talk in recruiting. It's another thing to show. I think that what we've gotten done in basketball the past few years speaks for itself. That's the majority of where it's at basketball. But I really like to spend time in the other two areas too. You know, the academic piece. Um, To me, I know I live a certain life today because I got a degree. First Mm -hmm. person in my family to ever get a master's degree, and I'm proud of that the academic piece and you know whether guys are in college one year three years four years we we sell the idea that you're going to get your degree you know, right. you might have the traditional four years and walk across the stage you might have to come back and get it between nba all seasons but um that's important with this particular job at texas obviously we're selling it this is one of the all-time great academic institutions in our country i mean this is an ivy league education with the benefits of the state you know education um privileges and stuff so it's just uh it's, it's a big-time school and a big job, and our recruiting is to make sure the guys understand <clears throat> this is a game-changer. And even if you play half your life in the NBA, you're going to have half your life after. What are you going to do with it? So we spend time with the academic piece, probably more than most people might think on the outside, because to me it's important. And thirdly, it's what I call just balance, you know, college life experience. Um, you know, Austin, Texas is a special place to live. Our program has a culture where we encourage our guys to enjoy life. You know, we have fun. The other night we went bowling. Uh, I think this week we're going to the movie. Like we, we try to just, uh, you know, do things where I hope when guys walk away from our program, they obviously enjoy the basketball part and have a couple pieces of net and a ring or two. Um, we know they're going to have their degree or be working towards it. But thirdly, and it's equally important to me, I hope they say, hey, coach, that was one of the best years of my life. Those are three of the best years of my life. So those three things, the basketball, the academics, and what I call balance, just life, that's really what we spend the majority of the time talking about in recruiting. Chris, uh, everyone says the portal is just going to have a this horrible effect on college athletics, but – as uh, Kay said when he retired, you know, it's a, you know, coaching is about adapting. Uh, you've had to adapt very quickly this offseason with a new job. Your feelings about the portal? I think just with everything in our game, um, you know, in my lifetime in coaching, um, whether it be, um, you know, before me, freshmen couldn't play, then they yep. could. 
to sit out, uh, the waivers. The, I think, um, to me, what I really believe is that the game itself is just so beautiful and pure and just the best game ever invented, in my opinion, that it's always going to it's always gonna not only survive but flourish. You know, it's like, um, you know, when, when the players were able to go straight from high school to the NBA, that college basketball was fine. I think with the new G League opportunities and things that some players have that I completely support, this America, you still to do what you want. Right. I think college basketball is going to be fine. I think um, when attendance was cut because of the COVID-19, college basketball was fine. I think the same thing with the portal. Um, it is about adjusting. That's what coaching is, you know, period. Um, as coaches, we don't make the rules, which is a little bit frustrating at times. Yep. But um, the game, the game will the game will overcome it, I think. Um, the portal will be another thing that you'll look back one day and um, you might not remember what year it started or what exactly it was, but I think college basketball is always going to be college basketball, in my opinion. I I totally agree with that. I read something uh, during your transition, if I'm wrong, please correct, uh, that said that at the University of Texas, you want your players to have the best experience. You want to play the most competitive schedule in the country and you want to go to great cities like Madison Square Garden or Los Angeles and play great teams. Is that, was that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's not just the philosophy here. When we, um, you know, when we went to Angelo state, we wanted to play the best competition. We took our team on the road. Uh, never forget an 18 hour epic bus ride. <laughs> I think it was Denver to play some of the best teams that we could get. Um, been doing that for a long time when i was in junior college the first person i tried to schedule was hutch because that's where the sure. national tournament was and um and certainly at texas tech we had some success in scheduling going to madison square garden and um you know had some games that you'd look back and say man those were pivotal kind of games that elevated the program yep. now at texas you know the same idea um i think the first year schedule always has a little bit different uh, objectives is maybe once we get a building um but certainly sooner than later I hope that, um, you know, when people look at the schedules around the country, they say, hey, look, Texas isn't afraid to play anybody, any place, any time. Um, this year, we start off with that philosophy. We're going to play. Um, I, I think I can talk about this coach. I think it's released, but um, at Gonzaga, we're going to play Coach Few and those guys um, in their home gym uh, opening weekend of the season. I love it. Um, I think it's a great measuring stick. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for our players to have the opportunity to play against one of the best coaches in the history of the game and, you know, what could be a top, you know, one, two, three team. Sure. So with that idea, we're, we're always going to push ourselves and understand that we're at Texas and what the expectations are. Um, on the other hand, you, you owe it to your, your, your home crowd to have quality home games early. So all types of scheduling stuff goes into ultimately what you put together, but um, there's no doubt about it. We're not shying from it. We're going to, we're going to play uh, tough games early to get ready for the big 12. And 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 that's the kind of games that they came to Texas for to play. And if they want to be pros, that's exactly the kind of kids you recruited. That's fabulous. I love that, Chris. I remember sitting uh, a couple of years ago. You were going to go play in Madison Square Garden, like during the week on a Tuesday. Maybe might have been Jimmy V. I'm not sure what it was. And I'm sitting in Dick Vitale's home in Florida, and he says, but he was my first boss at the University of Detroit when I'm 21 years old. And he says, Hey, Brendan. You know Chris Beard? I said, yeah. He says, is he a good coach? I said, no, he's a great coach. <laughs> and he goes, really? 
I got to talk to him in a few minutes about his team. I said, okay. And then when he's on the air with your game, you would have thought that you and he were buddies forever. And he just still, he raves about you. He loves you as a coach and everything and as a man. And uh, and I do too, brother. But thank you so much for doing this for us. It's, it's a real privilege. And uh, I can't wish you so much. I just want you to be so successful there. Have a great time. Coach, I tell you, I, I speak for everybody kind of in my generation of coaches. Just thank you for everything you've done for the game. Um, thank you for everything you've done for coaches. Um, just to have the chance to come on here today. Uh, um, we were talking about you today in the early morning coaches meeting. Bob Donawal was telling a couple of stories and um, just everything you've done for the game. I mean, your resume speaks for itself, but so many things that I've heard over the years that you don't even know that I know just from <laughs> coaches. You've always just taken care of coaches. There's so many people out there. So the game of college basketball and the game of basketball, NBA basketball is better because of you. So thanks for letting me share a few minutes with you today. This is the highlight of my week. I am humbled and honored, and uh, thank you, and I know our listeners are going to love it. Thank you, Chris. That, my friends, is a big-time, big-time star. That is The insights, the nuggets, Zach and I were not, could not write fast enough taking them down uh, this is one of those podcasts you're going to listen to over and over and over to. How to develop a program, how to hire staff, how to coach the game, how to teach the game, what to emphasize, the real stuff that matters. I'm telling you, I can't wait to listen to how this comes out because he was absolutely fabulous. Chris Beard, thank you, thank you, thank you. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. 